In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Cole, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me all the way across from the pond is the rock star parapsychologist himself, Mr. Cal Cooper. That's me. How are you doing, Ron? Yeah, we get a little bit of feedback, I guess, from your end. I'm not quite sure what that is, but I think we're okay now. Yeah, hopefully. I hope that doesn't keep going. Yeah, if you don't have the... Usually it's a volume problem. The volume just goes through the things and loops it. But anyways, so what's the weather like out there? We got rain here, so it's just like England, right? No, not really. We had rain for several days, but I was in London yesterday um, at doing some media interviews, and then I was at the office for the Society for Psychical Research, went through all their books and stuff and some rare paranormal material, and it was a beautiful day to be out in London. If it was raining, I probably wouldn't have gone, um, but today it's absolutely gorgeous at the moment. So we've got the total opposite to you, Ron. You got what? Uh, we've got the total opposite to you. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I guess. Uh, anyways, it is it is May Day, and it, it, so uh, happy May Day to you. Uh, happy May Day to you as well. Yeah, Funnily enough, I'm just going. I'm just going through a, a book on precognition, and it's got a brilliant portrait photo of um, the psychologist. Myself? Sorry, a picture of me. Well, it's it's a picture that looks like you. It's a picture of um, Carl Jung, the psychologist, but he looks a hell of a lot like you in that particular photograph. I don't doubt it. Well, it probably was me in a past life, you know what I'm saying? Well, possibly. If ever they need a stunt double Carl Jung, you're, you can be right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll have to see this guy. you have to post that on your page so I can see it. Or mine, or the other. I'll find it and I'll post it. It'll go there on the Ghost go. International Facebook page. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> uh, we have... Uh, you ever hear of the... the, the uh, TV show Dark Shadows. That's way before your time. You're just youngin'. Uh, no, I don't think I've ever heard of it. I've heard of the Twilight Zone, obviously, but I haven't heard no, of no, Dark no. Shadows. This was actually a soap opera that was done, uh, oh God, uh, 70s, I think. And uh, in fact, they're remaking it with uh, Johnny Depp. Right. So, anyways, we have a gentleman on the line with us now who. Uh, 
owns a B&B in Oneida, New York, that is captured the dark shadows theme, including tons of antiques and stuff, and, and a huge portrait of uh, Mr. Bottomus Collins himself. So, uh, that makes but, sense, though, because I thought you were just going to explain dark shadows, and all of a sudden you cut it short, so at least dark shadows has some relation to the guest. Yes, it does. <laughs> Well, that's How do you like then. that? I thought you were just going to leave it there. You were going to say, have you ever seen this TV show? No. Okay. And then just carry on. You didn't explain what the TV show was about. Uh-huh. Anyways, joining us now is uh, Brian from Brian Gray from the Colin, Collinwood Inn or the Farnham House, depending on how you look at it. Brian? Good afternoon, Mr. Kolick. How are you today? Outstanding, outstanding. And how and about Mr. Cooper? I'm fine, thank you. Brian, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, thank you. So, so can you explain to Cal what this Doc Shadow thing is all about? Because evidently he's so young he doesn't remember it. <laughs> sure, I can give it a shot. Dark Shadows was a daytime TV uh, drama show. Um, it, was, it ran from 1966 to 1971. It was actually the first uh, TV show to incorporate the uh, supernatural, paranormal stuff. It had witches, warlocks, vampires, um, ghosts, and of course, the, the one of the biggest vampires in North America, Barnabas Collins, was in it. Right. So, w- what was the uh, main idea of the show then? I mean, was it based around several characters living in a particular place, um, or was it just different topics of the paranormal on each show? Oh no, no, it no. was. Uh, it was uh, actually it was based on a family called the Collins family who lived in a fictitious town called Collinsport in Maine. It all evolved from Dan Curtis. Dan Curtis had a dream one night. And uh, he remembered it when he got up in the morning and talked to, uh, he was already working for a television station. He talked to the to some people at this telephone, television station. They loved the idea of the show that he had, concept that he had for this show of a dark, melodramic, daytime serial thing. And they fell for it. And uh, next thing you know, he's producing a show called Dark Shadows. Wow, right. And it was it's quite it had a quite cult following for the uh for no still does actually. And are the episodes still about? Is it still replayed or is it on YouTube or on D V D? Um, you can get the whole series on D V D. And mm-hmm. uh right now, um they, if you ordered it comes in a little coffin shaped box. <laughs> really? Yes. That's pretty neat. That's cool. And you can uh, get some of the episodes on Netflix. Wow. I'm tempted to it, get the, the shows on Netflix. The shows on Netflix start from when the character Barnabas appears on the show, because yeah. basically that show was on the verge of being canceled until the character, the vampire Barnabas Collins, appeared on the show. He was only supposed to be on for like 13 weeks. Yeah, but the popularity of the show rose so much that it rose up into the ratings so much. And the character was so popular with the ladies because he was a vampire who really didn't want to be one. <laughs> and the ladies just loved, uh, loved his character and how he was like a reluctant type of vampire. And yeah. the ladies fell in love with him and the TV show took off. 
that's basically what happened with Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the character Spike. He was a British vampire, and they were only intending to have him in one or two episodes, and he ends up exactly. being in with virtually all of the later series. Exactly. And if you look at the character that the other character they had, Angel, the yeah. vampire Angel, he was the same type of vampire as Barnabas Collins was. Yeah, got cursed with a soul and didn't want to basically be who he was. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's yeah. kind of like Slimer and Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like Slimer well. and Ghostbusters, yeah. But anyways, it's really a cool place, and um, it's funny how somehow Maine has got this paranormal thing. I mean, we have, uh, uh, you know, Stephen King is from Maine, and, and so many different things have come out of there, and, and paranormal is so associated with Maine. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It seems a little weird. I mean, one state is so known for paranormal things happening and coming out of it. Yeah. But anyways, uh, you know, I am lucky enough that I will be going there on May 19th along with uh, my co-host from Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, the blonde bombshell herself, Ann Carrigan, and we will be guests of uh, Jerry and uh, Brian, so we're really looking forward to that. Uh, we're looking forward to having you here. And we'll be conducting, I guess, a, uh, it'll be, it's an event, right? A, a book signing and uh, a ghost hunt type thing? Yes, it is. It's, uh, let's see, the book signing starts at 6.30 till 7.30. Then we got a small little break and then uh, a talk around 8 o'clock for a bit. And then we're going to have a investigation from roughly around 9 o'clock till midnight. And then we're having a midnight seance. Yes. Now, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about because, uh, you know, originally I talked to Jerry, who, and I'm not sure how you guys conducted. Why don't you explain a little bit how you conduct your uh, seances there? Well, we try to do the old Victorian-style seance. We have a nice big round uh, table right in the center of the room, candle in the center. Everybody sits around the table and... uh, join hands, and then Jerry conducts the seance by, you know, trying to communicate with the spirits and that, but I'm the one that they always seem to be drawn to and do all the talking through. Hmm. Do all the talking through? But by what way? Is this, um, like, table, through table tipping or through, like, some form of possession? How, how do they talk through you? Well, there's no table tipping involved. Um, I, I go into a, a, just a, a slight bit of a trance. I, I can still sense what's going on all around me because I don't want any of them to try to take control of my body and do something that I don't want them to do. Yeah. Because I had a battle with one of them before with that ha- trying to happen. Really? So it's, yes. It, it's like a, a telepathic thing where they're talking to me in in my head, and uh, I've had voices and people talking to me in my head for ever since I can remember. But I, I would tell talk anybody. to a lot about that. Well, that's why I never told anybody about it because I didn't want people to think, "Ah, you're nuts." <laughs> and that's still up in the air, anyways. If I am nuts, so yeah, we all are in one way or another. <laughs> it's what makes us all unique. <laughs> exactly. 
So um, what books are you going to be signing, Ron? Because I've got um, The Ghost Chronicles, A Medium and a Paranormal Scientist, 17 True Hauntings in front of me right now, which I'm just flicking through. Is it going to be this book or is it both The Ghost Chronicles books? Uh, Ghost Chronicles and also Ghost of Day, which is 365 ghost stories from around the world, which is goes back to the first ghost hunters in Greece to our troops fighting in Afghanistan. So, and they they go from the bottom of the ocean to the top of Mount uh, Everest to the Antarctica to you name it. It's there. It's really interesting book. Uh, unfortunately, they're all little ditties because this. 365 room because each one is associated with a particular day mm. but it's fun it was a fun book to, re- to write and I really enjoyed uh, writing it. Uh, it it's a lot more lighter than the uh, Ghost Chronicles which is you know actual it's, investigations it's quite hefty but I keep on touching the front cover I love the embossment over the title <laughs> it's really funny well, I did that just for you Kel yeah, thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. I just shut my eyes and just feel the grooves on, on the front page in, in my spare time. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Brian, I mean, we're, we're kind of excited about this because uh, you do, the house has a lot of antiques in it as well, correct? Yes, it does. Cherry used to own an antique shop before we moved down here. So we used um, a lot of the stuff that was in her store as uh, decorations throughout the house and so there's lots of, I would imagine, I mean, if, if, I don't know, do you believe in this, Cal, or not, but do you believe, like, in, uh, you know, psychometry where people can read the energy and objects? Uh, because if that's the case, then there must be a lot of energy with all these antiques in there. Um, I haven't seen a lot of mediums do it, to be honest. Um, really? I've, well, I, I had, I've got some antique walking sticks myself that um, contain swords and daggers. And, oh, cool. Um, when I first bought them, though, we, we did actually um, give them to several mediums and kind of just say, you know, what are you picking up from this walking stick? And it was interesting to get a reading out of them about the walking stick, saying who owned it and everything like that. And then all of a sudden, when I took the walking stick back, I'd then crack it open and you see that there's a sword inside. And um, so that was interesting. But the, there was no kind of information that came forward that I thought was unique also dr matthew smith um we'll try and get him to come on and talk sometime soon as well he he was trying for randy's million dollar challenge and i think he's still doing some projects surrounding it now but he's a psychologist and a parapsychologist who basically tried to practice uh, becoming psychic by whatever method possible through methods that medium suggests through meditation and so forth and one of the skills he was trying to learn was psychometry and um he uh, was doing various things in his spare time, and then when we went to um, some public demonstrations, like at Tutbury Castle in Derbyshire, he took various items from people that they could actually give and place in an envelope, and uh, some of those were rings and bracelets and watches, and he basically, uh, I'd take them, I'd seal them, and then I'd pass them on to him numbered, so all uh-huh. he could do was hold them, he couldn't actually see the exact detail of the item inside, and I'd have the names of the people who they belong to and the corresponding number. Uh, I never actually fully saw the results of that either. The only thing that I ever watched fully on psychometry was, was Derek Acora's Antiques Ghost Show. So, uh, I mean, that, that was impressive, but at the same time, it's, it's not a kind of true experiment of psychometry. It's a TV show about psychometry. So whether 
you know what the credibility of the um, the outcome from the medium was, whether it was credible or not, I don't know. Um, but I would like to see some genuine displays of psychometry. So uh, my opinion that, on it is pretty much inconclusive at the moment. Well, I mean, it, it, it's a difficult thing to do. And uh, I, I mean, Jerry, have you ever tried psychometry? I mean, not Jerry, excuse me, Brian, have you ever tried uh, psychometry? Uh, no, I haven't. Not that I... No, 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 I haven't. Well, we're actually going to try that when I come up there and, and do our investor our investigation down there. That that's one of the things uh, we're going to try a lot of different experiments. But uh, psychometry is one I definitely want to try there, uh, which might be interesting. And uh, it, it, it's got some good results. Uh, Maureen, uh, you know, of course, is a trans medium and taught me a lot about the the the, uh, the mediumship stuff and all that. Uh, you know, she's had some good results with it, and she and she teaches a little class with it too, where we, she gives objects out to the class to hold that she knows about these objects, and um, and we get readings from it. It's, it's kind of interesting. I mean, it isn't strictly scientific. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think anything that we do is can ever be really proven scientifically, but uh, it's certainly interesting, and I think you know, that's why I do it. It's it's not there to prove that the science of it or, or the, to prove the validity of it. It's it's basically to try to understand it and to make up my own mind on it, I guess. Well, it's certainly, there's one suggestion that, that somehow the objects retain information that someone can later access through clairvoyance or whatever means this psychometry right. um, ability. But presumably, this would be would this be you or Maureen um, trying this out, Ron, um, later? Because presumably, Brian, you bought some of these antiques, I would have thought, so you would know at least a bit about their history and where they've come from. I suppose that's a question for both of you, really. Well, that's, <laughs> that's a hard thing, though, right, Brian? <laughs> a lot of the antiques, uh, Jerry's the one that bought them. She owned them way before I was even in the picture. So there's a few that have been bought since uh, Jerry and I have been together. But there's not much history known on them because we bought them at um, auctions. Right. So, I mean, those are the things you really, you, you know, if you're trying to look for science, Cal, I mean, that's not the kind of experience, the uh, experiment to do it on, really, because you don't know the history of an object. You don't know really who's who's had it or what the circumstances uh, were, were since it was created. Um, but but it, it's interesting because there, there are, there are kind of like, other ways to look at it rather than say, you know, try to find the proof is to have different people hold on to that object and to write down their re their readings of it and then to compare the readings from different people. So th that's kind of the way you, you do that, Cal. Oh, yeah, exactly. But as you just said, you'd want people that are kind of totally unrelated um, to the object, like uh, Jerry and Brian, because they, they bought them and they own these objects. You would have presumed that um, at least Jerry would know a bit about their history because the antiques that I own, I did look into the history of them, so I do know oh, really? about them. I, I do know where they came from before me and who previously owned them. And also, say you've got a haunted location and you actually own it and you've got the deeds to the place, so you know who previously owned the location, who previously mm -hmm. lived there, and even who possibly died there. So if you go and 
do a, uh, an investigation in someone's haunted location, you wouldn't, you know, unless they request they want to be present, you wouldn't really want to be going on their information that they provide, especially if they claim they're gaining it via psychic means. You'd have to be a bit more sceptical there, being uh, seen as though they've got access to all the previous information. Right. Yeah. But it's it's not so much that you do it, you know, what the, the owners tell you. It's what experience, experiences you get out of it or, or whatever, your team or your guests. I mean, that's the important thing. Yeah, absolutely. So if you guys are all doing this as an event, then it'll be great to see what different people pick up from various antiques about the place. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. And and you, you've had a couple investigations there, uh, Brian, right? Uh, we've had a total of um, seven now. Seven, okay. So it's still in its, you know, it's still in its its infancy as far as investigating. Um, I mean, there are places like I, I returned to the Hooten Mansion and we did an event, uh, I think it was not last week, the week before. And... In, in fact, it's in the book, Cal, Ghost Chronicles, and the, the, the first time I went there. And the energy was totally different, it, total different energy. Now, the Hoot Mansion has been on the Ghost Adventurers. Uh, the Ghost Hunters have run several events out of there, uh, as long as a lot, ton of other paranormal groups have investigated it since then. And so the, it's it's the energy has definitely changed since originally I first went in there. Which I think is is interesting uh, because uh, you know there was one theory, for instance, that that properties on haunted people are, and so that people bring actually spirit with them. So it, it's interesting. Let's put it that way. Wouldn't you say energy? Though I've got to go back to my um, previous kind of thing that I always pick at. I always get frustrated when people say energy or the energies change. What what are you referring to in terms of energy? What is energy? Is energy is is basically the the feel of the place, the the vibes that the place is giving off. It's you know uh, the whole thing. I mean, it, it, let's let's put it this way: if we are any type of a uh, mediumistic uh, receiver, then we receive. Uh, uh, our data through some type of uh, energy, whether it's a spirit or it's uh, you know residual energy. I mean, we we it's it's relayed to us somehow because it's let's put it this way: if you were in a vacuum, could you even uh, you know communicate with a spirit? We we really don't know. You'd probably be dead, but that's another point. Being <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, being the, being the skeptic having my skeptic hat on or sort of being the party pooper as you've said before i've i've always kind of frowned every time someone's generally used the term energy in a general sense and mediums when they've gone into locations and said well there's a very negative energy in this room but there's a very positive one or right. there's a lot of energy in this room and you know the, that's the main information you're getting from the medium and then right. someone says well they're using a lot of energy to do this and i'm like well you're mentioning various types of energy here, so is it kind of a, a kind of um, ignorant use of the word energy, or is it a no? It's undefined the word energy. We can't. It's undefined energy. It's energy that we have no definition for in reality that uh, compares to anything we have in in the physical world. 
So, I mean, we're picking up on something. I mean, what is that we're picking up on? If, if, I'm talking about a medium. You know, if a medium picks on something, what, what are they getting? They're getting something from somewhere. You have to receive it. So they're receiving some type of, of uh, well, energy. <laughs> do, do you kind of see what I mean? But, but um, the the other thing I said was that is it just a general misuse of the word to kind of just make things seem scientific? Uh, I don't know what the right word is, but let's put it this way: you know, you can go into the room and say, oh, "I'm getting some some very bad energy in this room." Right. Well, you could say that. Isn't the alternative that you go into the room and say, "Yeah, I don't feel very comfortable in this room. In fact, you know, it's making me feel a bit sick. I, I I'm just not comfortable being in this room." I mean, it's oh, that feelings works, rather than rather than this term energy, which gets you know highlighted as though it's very scientific when it's coming from the medium. I'm being well, very well, cool here and putting the absolute skeptic hat on just to kind of challenge it. <laughs> well, uh, wait a minute, Brian's a medium. Let's ask him. I mean, when, when you sense things, Brian, what, what, what are you sensing? Um, usually, it's uh, it's like a comfort level. If um, if a if a place feels really peaceful. It has a real calm, soothing effect to your, uh, um, to the to to what you're picking up. If it's, um, I had been in a place. Uh, it was a battlefield where the French Indian Wars had taken place, and something kept drawing me over to the, um, over to the woods, and uh, that's when I found out that male Native North American Indians have a totally different feel than a white male, and they actually let me feel their deaths. I could feel, like, them being hit by the bullets and the life essence draining out of them. So so you're empathic is what you're telling me. So what this is what they were allowing me to feel right, at one right. time. Uh, when I walk into a when – when you walk through this – I can't – I could tell you about this house, but it would be kind of jaded um, – when I walk into another place, if it, if it was, if there was something horrible that had happened there, you can sense and feel. Um, it's hard to explain a very, a very large um, discomfort level. You know, and you start to feel a little. Sometimes I feel a little sick to my stomach if, if something um, really negative is going on. I get a real bad headache. Uh, but if it's an area where, you know, the, the family was loving and caring and the spirits in the house are still the same, are, are the same people before and the loving and caring thing is going on, it's just a peaceful, calm, happiness type of feeling that you feel. Hmm. So it, it is your reaction to the environment that you're placed in wherever you might actually end up um using your mediumistic abilities. So as you've described there, you said you've got um, headaches or various other feelings, which could either be psychological or, or a physical feeling. So do you often yourself use the term energy to describe anything psychic or otherwise in these situations? Uh, do I uh, the term energy? No, I don't. You don't use the no. term energy? No. No, no. no, I just go, go by, a, I just tell them about a comfort level and how it feels that way. Um, mm. Sometimes I might, uh, once in a while, slip out. I feel like a bad energy here, but or a negative energy. type energy. But then, Any, then I. Anyways, you, you're going to have to hold on to that energy because we're going to have to take a break right now. 
So anyways, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. Uh, no, not Next Generation. Yeah. International with uh, Cal Cooper and uh, Ron Kolick. And our very special guest is Brian from the Collinwood Inn in Oneida, New York. And we'll be right back after the following messages here on Tojanet Ghost Channel and not Parax today, unfortunately. We'll be right back. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous. As we give the awards to the Parrax family. Take 6,427. All right. Hi, I'm Ron Kolek, author and lead investigator of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsink. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in. Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Every Wednesday night. At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. Except so anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan and Ron. See you then. And we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with parapsychologist Cal Cooper, author of Phone Calls from the Dead, and New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, with our special guest, uh, Brian Gray from the Collinwood Inn, or the Farnwood Mansion, I guess, depending on how you look at it, in Oneida, New York, in which I will be there on... May 19th, along with the Blonde Bell on the show, so you definitely want to come and meet us for sure. Anyways, um, let's go back to this energy thing, and I, and I do want to talk a little bit of, you know, I mean, it, it's kind of like a word that, that is used to describe the readings that you get. So, you, for Cal, for instance, so if you're getting a, a negative energy, it has a different feel than a positive energy. And, and so, I mean, do you understand that as far as, I, I don't think people are trying to, to scientificize it by saying, you know, it's electrical energy, it's whatever kind of. Oh, yeah, I, I totally understand what they kind of mean by it. But depending on kind of who's using the word and how um, vague it is, really, in a lot of cases where I've seen some mediums in locations use the term, 
I can't really see what they're actually getting in terms of benefiting from using the word, except for trying to add more emphasis or importance to what they're saying, because you know, there'll be no further information in some cases beyond, yes, I'm getting a very negative energy in this room, and that's it. No more information from the medium. And, um, you know, you could just say, oh, I don't feel very well in this room, actually. You know, I'm feeling quite sick. I've got a very tightened chest here, and it feels like someone's grabbing my arms or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but see, that really doesn't describe what they're feeling. Well, that, that describes what they're feeling. No, it isn't. That only describes physical symptoms. That really doesn't describe what they're feeling. What they're feeling is they're getting the impression of a negative energy. It means they're getting something that they know is not positive, something that they're having a hard time to describe. So, yeah, they could say, okay, I've got all these physical things. And, and each medium is affected differently. I mean, for instance, Brian mentioned about something feeling in his head or something. Other people might get a, a heaviness in their chest. But... Each of these symptoms are different are are specific to a specific person. Oh, yeah, totally. But what I've always kind of argued in the terms of them using the word energy is, well, what do they actually mean by this word energy? Is it, is, is it actually a literal energy source that we can use and harness in some way, or is this just psychological energy? If that I don't makes know. Sense. Does, does that make sense? <laughs> Brian? Uh, yeah, it makes, I guess it makes a little bit of sense. It'd be more like a psychological energy because it's your mind and, and that that's, it's something that you can't harness physically. Yeah. So yeah, and, that's what, I, no, carry on, Brian, sorry. And when, when you're feeling these things, it affects your body differently, but you you just can't it's not something like you would be able to harness like the the power of energy from like water or any of that to create electricity mm. um it's it just uh, suddenly you will feel like a chill right down to your i mean not just to your spine but i mean right to your inner core of your body where you're just cold as can be and everybody else is standing there going oh it's hot in here or, you know, they'll feel a bit of a chill, but they aren't feeling the chill you're feeling. Or if it's if it's what you call a bad energy, uh, it's more like a, um, a real strong discomfort level. Uh, does that make any sense at all? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. About it, you, you just feel really uncomfortable, and, you know, it's like you just have this feeling that, you know, this something is not right here. It just feels very, very uncomfortable, and sometimes you just want to get out of there. See, whatever it is has some type of an effect on us, uh, and we receive this energy in flying quotation fingers or whatever the heck it is. Uh, <laughs> differently each person does and, and so it's 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 a hard thing we had to describe and, and and if we just say oh if we're nauseous we're not i mean it doesn't really tell what we're really getting as an impression it's what the impression is that that's why we use the term energy it's easier to use rather than going through a whole bunch of physical symptoms that me, could mean different things to different people 
Well, th- this exactly. is where I've, as a sort of coming from a more sciencey background, I've always been confused as the uh, to the use of the word, and right. also kind of slightly kind of annoyed at the the use of the word as well because I've always felt it being a sort of misuse. I mean, you don't really have to go through all the physical symptoms of the room. You could just say. I don't feel good about this room. I do not feel good about this room at all. You know, it feels bad. Yeah, but that's not really what you're feeling. You're feeling that something, a negative energy, something bad is in that room. That's what you're feeling. You could say it's, it's not like I don't feel comfortable in this room. It's not good. the room. You, you don't, it's not the room. You got to get understand that it's it's the spirit that's in the room that you're feeling or whatever. Uh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> No, it's just if you use the word energy, then I've always thought, well, that's kind of implying that there's some sort of energy source here that if the medium is using the term energy, they're not kind of letting on to what exactly this energy source is. Right. And, you know, Brian has described it that this term energy is more so a kind of psychological feeling of what's going on in the room. It's your impressions of the room. But for for the scientists involved, you would have kind of presumed that um, the medium's implying that there's some sort of energy source in there that we're not actually aware of by just um, generally using the word energy, which we would apply to some form of physical energy source that we can harness. Right. And that's, it, why it, I, that's why I've always said to mediums when I've been there uh, with them and they've said energy, I've challenged them there and then, and I said, what do you mean by energy? What is this energy? I've always been very cruel when it comes to that. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that, and, and I really do think, I mean, it, 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 it I understand where you're coming from, okay? You're not defining really what it is. But we, the spirit, whatever it is, we use the term energy to describe it because we, we have no physical term of what this is that we are uh, getting from it. In other words, I mean, it's, we're getting something from it. You know what I mean? So I, I have no problem with using the word energy. I understand it on the by the mediumistic way. We are getting an impression. We are getting whatever this is. They, they are giving us something. And what is they? What are they giving us? Is we, we use this term energy to just try to describe it as 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 uh, you know, like electricity flows. We get this flow of information or whatever. Oh, totally. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that don't have a problem with the use of the word. It's just one of my own little personal digs that I always like to kind of bring up every time I hear the word being used. It's mean. It must be mean. That makes me the party pooper. (laughs) Anyway, so I am coming to this event at the Collingwood on May 19th, along with the Bon Bon Show, and also Leslie Vine, who wrote the book Menium Rear, and... um, uh, Karen Ruck as well, and we will be doing an investigation there, and I will be staying overnight, which is interesting, because I am hoping to run cameras all night long and uh, see what we pick up, which is always fun. I'm sure you sleep with cameras all the time, right, Brian? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> But the the interesting thing about the room that you're going to be sleeping in, Ron, is that three people have died in that room. Maybe four by the time I'm done. <laughs> maybe, maybe or maybe five, because by the time I'm finished redoing it, I might be dead. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, the, the house is also called the Farnham, Farnham House or a Farnham Mansion? Or Farnham is, Mansion. Mansion, okay. 
and and that is named after the real character, not uh, the Collinwood is named after uh, Bottomus Collins, and and so the Farnham is the real history of the place. Yes, that's the original owner's last name. Right, and uh, if people wanted to like stay here, oh, another phone call from the dead. I'm so lucky. Yay! <laughs> Send it my way. <laughs> That's weird. So anyway, if, if somebody wanted to stay here uh, or find out more information, where, where could they go, Brian? They could go to our website, which is collinwoodin.webs.com. Okay. Or you can also join us, join you more on Facebook as well, right? They could always join us on Facebook, uh, Collinwood Inn, okay. uh, is what we're underneath. And we have a page called the Haunted Farnham Mansion. Oh, there you go. You got both ends covered. <laughs> yep. Do you have uh, any other events coming up you want to mention before uh, we let you go? Uh, no, we don't have anything planned for a while. So okay. we kind of got an open slate. And this is a and b and uh, people can make reservations to stay there. Oh, yes, they can. All they got to do is give us a call and uh, see what openings we have and if they want to come and spend the night with uh, Jerry and myself and the Farnums and, uh, and the rest of the spirits, they're more than welcome. There you go. So you can't beat that. Anything else you'd like to add there, uh, Brian? Um, no, not really. Uh, just that we're looking forward to uh, having you and Ann. And Leslie and Karen here, uh, May 19th, for the book signing and the investigation. Should be a fun time. Yeah, and uh, once again, uh, if you call the Fallenwood, Collinwood, I can't even, that's a half fall, half Farnham and half Collinwood, is Fallenwood, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, you can, uh, they can get their tickets uh, from, from you, right? That's right. Okay. All right, I'm going to let you go, Brian, because uh, we've got a couple other things we have to discuss with Cal about his upcoming trip here and also some appearances he's got coming up. So I want to thank you so much for uh, coming on today. I really do appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me on. Oh, Cal, anything you wanted to finish up with, uh, Brian? With? Oh, well, I was just going to say thank you as well. I mean, thanks for coming on, Brian, and chatting about um, some of the experiences that you've had. It's been great speaking to you. It was the enjoyable one, talking to you. The, the one quick question I, I did, did you know the place was haunted when you bought it? Yeah, yes, we did. And it didn't deter you at all? No, that made it um, even more interesting and made us actually buy it. Really? Yep. Hmm. Yeah, what do you think of that? I think that's brilliant. If I had the opportunity to buy a haunted location run, I would actually go for it. Well, the only problem with you buying a haunted location is you probably wouldn't recognize it if it came up and bit you in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. It probably wouldn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Brian, we're going to let you go. <laughs> okay. Thanks a Thank lot. you. Yep. Bye, Brian. <laughs> bye, Brian. Oh, that was interesting. Anyways, uh, we have another uh, of my favorite Beyond Bazaars coming up right now with uh, my good friend, Vala Ventura. So, Sabrina, you want to run that for me?
Hidden Limbs. In 2007, in Maiden, North Carolina, a man bought a smoker at a police auction of abandoned items from a storage facility. When he opened up the smoker, he discovered what he thought was wood wrapped up in paper. The bundle instead turned out to be a human leg that had been amputated at just above the knee. Police contacted the owners of the storage facility. It turned out that the owner's son had had his leg amputated after a plane crash and kept the leg for religious reasons. She and her son drove some 35 miles to retrieve it for the man who had brought the smoker. However, the man who bought the smoker would not return the limb, and the matter ended up going to court TV, where the original owner was ruled to have to pay $5,000 for the return of his leg. A freaky fact from the Book of the Bazaar, available wherever books are sold. That's crazy. What do you do in that situation, Ron? When you want one of your limbs back, and someone says, "No, you're not having it." You know what's really interesting is that my uh, grandmother had uh, sugar diabetes, mm-hmm. and so back in the day, they, what they do is they would amputate your limbs uh, yeah. because they would, you know, they would. So she actually, they they would actually bury the the limbs. All right, in in the whatever you wherever you were going to be buried, isn't that strange? Also, eventually, all of you would be buried in one, so it's just bit by bit. Yeah, but I mean, but then you go, you think about, um, you know, Gettysburg. Uh, we've done several investigations on there, and uh, with Mark Nesbitt, and we went to the the Lady uh, uh, Gray Farm, or the Gray, whatever it's called, and uh, the barn was used as a uh, field hospital, as most buildings were in the town, and they just amputated because the 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 musket balls they were so big that they just you know shattered your bones and tore it up. So they would amputate your legs, and they cut off so many legs that they were a pile of them outside the door. I mean, you know that they did not get buried with their bodies. So, isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's weird. Absolutely weird. I've known of some people that have had their say the arm or the leg amputated and they've, they've had it cremated and kept it in a pot so they've actually kept their limb with them somewhere. Really? So they, they have the ashes and then I suppose eventually when they do die they just have all of it kind of scattered in one so they don't feel at a loss. <laughs> weird. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's body parts are so weird. Yeah. I, I think one of the previous ones we had on the show was when um, Bo was discussing... Uh, what was it? Was it the divorce ring? So you gave your ring back in a coffin? Yep. yep. That that was equally weird. I thought that was odd. I mean, I think that just makes situations all the more awkward. I think that's uh, very logical, if you ask me. It, it is logical, but it's funny at the same time. Anyways, I, I do want to mention, you have something coming up on uh, the 7th, I believe, don't you? Um, yeah, just looking at the diary here, on the 7th I will be on Coast to Coast AM as a guest talking about phone calls from the dead, um, apparitions and paranormal experiences in ancient and modern Egypt, and general information about um, parapsychology and the study of parapsychology. So I believe um, your time, or roughly your time, it will be, what is it, is it 10pm that Coast to Coast goes out? I think roughly? it's later than that. 
Is it the what, time, what, 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 what time is it your time? Uh, for me, I'm going to have to be up at 7 a.m. Uh, so that would make it 2 a.m. So it'd be on for three hours. Well, I was told that I, I was a bit, um, bit more ahead of them than I, I kind of knew because when I went over to California, I was, what was it? They were five hours difference between here and there. So no, no, no. Cali California is not five hours difference. It's, it's uh, eight hours difference. No, it was only five. Seriously, it was five no. hours difference when I was over there because I was um, ringing people over here and checking the time and stuff. It is. It must be. Can't be. What's going on? Everything's gone crazy. <laughs> Can't be. Sorry. I'm going to have to check what, that again. Wait, wait, what time is it there, my friend? Uh, at the moment, it is coming up to 10 to 9. So, let's say 9 o'clock, okay? Yeah. It is 4 o'clock here. So, what's the difference? That's, four, uh, that's five hours. Five hours. We are... Three hours ahead of the West Coast. So add three to five, and you have <laughs> eight, my uh, friend. Uh, Unless uh, you were in some time warp, and I cannot explain. That must have been it. I'm going to have to check back to some of the emails that I sent and when I got replies to them when I was over in California. I'm going to have to ch double check this. But anyway, let's, let's just say it's the 7th. On the 7th, Monday the 7th, I will be on Coast to Coast AM. So whatever time the show's on, Anyone listening, please listen and tune into it. I hope it's going to be a good show. No matter, just forget the fact that I can't tell the time or the time difference. That's irrelevant. It'll be interesting, whatever I speak about. I'll just avoid the subject of time and clocks. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, whatever. So there we go. Um, anyway. I don't, know, I don't know what else is... Oh, um... Following that, after the 7th, on the 9th, I will be speaking in Portsmouth in the UK at the Royal Naval Club in Old Portsmouth um, in Southsea. Um, and that will be, again, a talk on phone calls from the dead. And later on, I think there's more stuff on phone calls from the dead. We're getting overblown with it. Yeah, there's more stuff. If you keep on checking the SPR website, which is www.spr ac.uk they show events of future lectures and so forth coming up um for their conference later this year um actually i could probably avoid that at the moment because i don't know if i am on um, whether i am or uh, not speaking at that conference i don't know but the exploring the extraordinary, i don't know yet i don't know i put in an application i don't know exploring the extraordinary though i'm speaking there that's later this year in september um but they're starting to put um the event information out now about all the future speakers and there's going to be loads of people there there's um, people we've had on the show before like jack hunter he's one of the guest talkers there uh one of our future guests that's coming up on the show ghost chronicles international is dr sean o'callaghan he'll be speaking at the conference and hopefully in the next couple of weeks he'll be on ghost chronicles speaking about vampires and really? I'll be there as well speaking about my own research. So there's loads and loads of events coming up, so everyone should stay tuned. And uh, we've got loads more fascinating people coming up and fascinating subjects to talk about. You know New England has a lot of vampires. It... Oh, right. Okay. Have you been an investigator, study? There, there, are, uh, there are several books written. One was called uh, Food for the Dead, and I believe my good friend uh, Tom D'Agostino has written one as well, and I can't remember the name of it, and that's a shame. But uh, 
Mercy Brown is probably the most notorious uh, vampire grave. There's there's a series of vampire graves up and down the East uh, New England. I forget the exact amount of them, but there are quite a few. Right. I I never. I, I should really speak to Sean about it more. I mean, I've been to a few of his talks where Sean mainly speaks about um, different cultures of vampires, people living in modern society claiming to be vampires and how they actually live life and um, how they actually work in society. But in terms of the, the kind of mythical vampires that we speak about, the ones with the sharp teeth that can all of a sudden uh, spring out of their jaw and, you know, the canines extend or then they can retract. And... Um, there was a case that I saw probably a few years ago, which I always found fascinating, when they were doing some archaeological digs in Venice, and they supposedly dug up the skull of a female vampire that had a brick lodged in its mouth, as though someone tried to kill it or reframe it from biting them by shoving the brick in there. Oh, well, let's put it this way. It was a woman, so of course they try to shut her up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying nothing. Nothing. I'm leaving that one to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm wiping my hands clear of that comment. <laughs> But yeah, it, it was weird. They have photos all over the internet and in most newspapers about this um, this skull with the brick in. And it was unusual because the, the jaw itself and some of the teeth were actually enlarged. They were bigger than what you would expect of a normal human skull. So, you know, it could be some sort of human mutation, you know, like we've seen with elephantitis and stuff like that, where sometimes um, the, the bone overgrows and extends and becomes what we would see as mutated um, human tissue. And, I um, just I just saw something on on someone I can't remember the name of course and something on someone that makes it really scientific but uh, uh, <laughs> they were having their their teeth extracted and something happened and the uh, the procedure was not completed so they ended up with vampire fangs. All oh, right. Okay, that's weird. So they were having, I guess they were having their canines removed and... I, I forget I, what the exact details were. I just thought it was so I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But uh, I'll find out eventually it'll come to me. And it's funny you mentioned vampires because on tomorrow's show, uh, Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation at uh, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Tojanet, we are having Vlad on who is a gothic musician and also a member of the New York uh, vampire scene community. Oh, excellent. That sounds really cool. I'll try and stay up past my bedtime and give it a listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there you go. Also, I can uh, mention... Oh, can I run? Nope, no, you go can. I insist, I insist. Please, please do. No, I was just going to mention what's coming up between you and I in July, but we, we can get to that as long as you've got all your things done. Uh, no, I've got everything done um, except for plugging the book again. That's obviously on my website, calcooper.com or amazon.co.uk. It can be purchased from there. Um, apart from that, I was only uh, going to mention the guest for next week um, just for people to tune into that. Shall I mention that? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll mention that. Okay. Um, the guest for next week will be Anne Winsberg. People are going to tune into that. That'd be great because I don't think we've had Anne on the show before, but Anne is a fellow co-founder of Parascience. So obviously we've had Steve Parsons on the show a lot of the time, and Anne and Steve are good friends, so it'd be great to have Anne on the show for once. Is she a babe? Is she? <laughs> I think you should text uh, Steve, ask Steve if she's a babe. I, I'm, not, I'm not commenting on stuff like that. Would, would you ask me if Steve was a babe? 
I've actually been looking at Steve, you know, and if I ever go that way, you know, I don't know. But anyways, uh, we, we I, I do want to mention we do have this uh, event. You and I, you are coming over here uh, in July, and you'll be doing some other things, but you'll be doing Spirit Quest as well, which is really a, oh, there's the pizza, time to go. But anyways, uh, Spirit Quest is going to be a lot of fun because uh, uh it's it's different than anything that's ever been done in here in the states. I mean, we've got the psychic versus science ghost hunt, which will be mm-hmm. a blast for, for us, I think. Uh, and then uh, we, of course, we have the uh, psychic supper, which will actually be British fair. Will be, I don't know. I wonder if we have a mashed peas. We have a mashed peas. Soupy peas, mashy peas, whatever the heck you I, call it. I don't know. I mean, I would love to have mushy peas in a mushy mug. peas. Mushy peas in a mug with mint sauce, that would be awesome. But I don't think we're having that. I don't know if I can give it I don't know. If we, if we can do that and throw a little Jack Channels on it, maybe you and I will uh, pass the night away. Well, there, there we go. That would be a strange combination, but <laughs> it sounds good. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not going to give away what the actual uh, menu is going to be. I'll, um, I'll leave that okay. till later. I think it's a surprise for the moment. But I think we'll be getting Brian Shepard back on the show soon. So... We can we'll have him to discuss um, his uh, how he works, some of his abilities, and some things that he would actually like to do over the time that we're over there. Um, so right. hopefully people will, will be looking forward to actually meeting Brian and actually seeing in person some of his drawings and how he goes about doing them as well. And trust me, I've watched Brian do the drawings before, and it really is great and fascinating to watch. Well, that's going to be Saturday night. Saturday night uh, at. Uh Spirit Quest, we would we are doing uh, Spirit Quest, the paranormal experience, which is basically a I hate to say word show, but it's going to be a special uh, multimedia event that will be held, and Brian will be part of, and you will be part of. Everybody will we be having live Ouija board sessions. We'll be drawing people from the audience. Uh, it's it's going to be uh, we're going to go in lockdown mode, and it's going to be awesome. I'm really excited about this, and. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? That's all I can say. And it ends with a midnight seance with the with Jane Darian and the Crystal Skull. So, last time I was in one of her seances, I seen Maureen get thrown across the room. So, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that. I'm looking forward to it, Ron. Mm-hmm. So it's time to wrap it up. I can't hear the tunes, but I've been told that they're on there. Uh, so it's time to, for another time to say goodbye and uh, move on so till next week it's Ron Kohler New England's own Van Helsick and and it's parapsychologist Cal Cooper thank you very much it's great good to night. meet you Ron good night Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.